This is Liliana's Romance Library. Hi, I'm Liliana, and today we'll be going over Wilkie Collins' The Law and the Lady. Now, I had to read this for one of my classes this semester in college, and it is very interesting. It not only covers mental illness, but also um, court systems during Victorian Britain, relationships between a husband and wife and friends and the sheer determination of one woman to prove her husband's innocence. It's a very good book. It can get a little dull at places, but it definitely keeps your attention for the most part. If you like mysteries and you like just a little bit of romance, but mostly just mystery, um, this is definitely a good book for you. It's not overly much on romance. It has just a tiny little bit because they get married, but um, there's mystery. There's a little bit of suspense in places. It definitely wouldn't be a thriller. Um, it's not that dark. It's just one of those, it deals with mental illness. It deals with, um, you know, presumed murder. Um, it deals with how people treat each other and it's just a very interesting book. It's definitely something to look into. It is set in Victorian England and that's the time period that Collins wrote it in. And this is definitely something that I would have assumed if I just read it without paying attention to the author that it was written by a woman. The fact that it was written by a man during this day and age is a little shocking because it is from a female's point of view. And the fact that he was able to write from a female's point of view, I think is very interesting. Now, apparently Collins likes to do a lot of these mystery type um, stories and he likes to do them for different topics. For this one, it's a... He did it because back in this time, Scotland had a verdict where if they couldn't prove somebody was innocent or they couldn't rule that someone was guilty, it would be a verdict of not proven. So basically they would be released, assumed innocent, but people would still be able to read the trial um, in little booklets and uh, read the notes on it and make their own decisions. It would be in the newspapers and things like that. And people could consider that person as guilty, whether or not the courts hold them as guilty or not. So it could very much devastate people's lives, people's family. Um, and in this case, Eustace is the male lean and it does devastate his life. Um, his first wife dies and they find out that she dies from being poisoned with, oh, what was that called? Um, they use it in rat poisoning. I remembered as soon as, uh, before I started this recording, but, um, basically she was poisoned. She dies. So they think, oh, it's murder. So they're investigating, they look into all different things, they basically, um, her husband was the one that purchased it, so 
um, they decided that it's, he purchased it, he must have done it. And they put him on trial for murder. Um, there's all sorts of witnesses and different statements. They even pull information out of his diary to try and prove that he did it. Again, he was found um, basically no verdict because uh, they couldn't prove one way or another. But there was so much damning evidence that the public were the ones who said, no, he's guilty. If you read it, you should be able to see it. But the jury couldn't find him guilty. So arsenic, that's it, arsenic. Um, uh, very popular poison for that Victorian age and 19th century. So um, when he meets his new, who becomes his second wife, her name is Valeria. And she is the niece of the local vicar and his wife and ever since her family passed away she's been leaving with them and she meets Eustace well Eustace doesn't give her his actual last name he gives her Woodville and you know her family's got a bad feeling about them about him they can't find anybody to talk to they want to talk to his mother because he, they know his mother's against it but they can't get a hold of her so they get a hold of a mutual friend and he says basically yeah he's a good guy and that's all he would say he won't say anything else about Eustace because he's sworn to secrecy basically because he knows all about the trial and they get married and they go to go on their honeymoon and Valeria wakes up earlier than Eustace or Eustace and ends up just going through his toiletry case, taking everything out, looking at it, just gaga over her new husband basically. And she finds that it has a false bottom in it. So she opens it and she finds a picture of him with another woman and at first she gets a little jealous but he she's like oh well he has sisters maybe it's his sister i feel bad for thinking that way on the back it says s and e mccullen uh so it, it's a little weird that it would be listed as mccullen but they she thinks, oh, well, maybe his mother was married twice and it's just from a separate um, relationship or something like that. Maybe she's a widow twice. But come to find out his name is actually Eustace McCullen. He lied to her about that. They end up going back to London and don't go on their Mediterranean cruise that they were going to do for their honeymoon. And she after she runs into his mother on the beach and then uh, at Ramsgate I believe they go back to London and she meets uh, uh, with a lawyer to make sure that she is actually married because he married her under a false name and he does contest that they are married so legally they are so she's happy about that. But then she has to figure out what's going on. Because he refuses to talk to her about it. If he, she tries to mention it. He may, after meeting his mother, 
he made up this huge lie about his mother being absolutely crazy. And then immediately he's like, no, I mean, it was obviously a lie. And he could tell she under she knew it was a lie. And he immediately apologized, confessed that it being a lie, but said, you know, you don't want to know, leave it alone. Our future happiness depends on it. And she just can't. So at this point, she is not sure she trusts him, anything he says, whether it's a truth or a lie. And she has to find out what's going on. So she goes to the mutual firm of his and her uncle's. Um, it's a major Fitz David. Anyway, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It, I have it as an ebook, so I can't just pull it up and look at it like I do with my normal books when I do these reviews. And she talks to him. He is sworn to secrecy, so he obviously can't say anything. But she said, okay, well, presume that this house is mine. And if I was to look through everything in this house... Would I find a clue to my answer? So she's very careful about how she states it so that he can answer it without breaking his word. And he does say yes. And he also says, consider this house yours. You want it? It's yours. Because he's a, a Don Juan. He, anything to for a pretty lady, he will do. So um, basically, he leaves her alone. Uh, gives her the keys for anything that's locked in his office and he had admitted that it would be in the in the office in the room they were in and then he goes out of the room so she starts looking through everything and she pulls out a drawer that different drawers then she finds a drawer that has a broken pot in it and she notices that all the pots and pottery he has are doubles so there's one on one side and one on the other um and matching so everything was is decorated to mirror each other and he notices that that one is broken oh she notices it well he comes in about the time she's about to close the drawer with her foot because it's a low drawer and he was coming in to let her know that if he find she finds any correspondence that between him and women it has nothing to do with that and she says well i won't look through your correspondence and when he notices the drawer he has his eyes has a slight reaction his face has a reaction that that he immediately masked um and he immediately looked at the drawer looked up at the um, bookcase and where where the other one is and um, the look on his face was like oh no and he immediately hit it. And then after he said his piece, he left. So she's like, hmm. So what does this broken pottery have to do with it? So she figures out that it's a twin. That it's missing from one bookcase. So she goes to that bookcase and starts going through everything. And then she, she can't find what she's looking for. But then a young lady that he is, that this major is supporting to try and bring out into society as a great soprano, 
He's giving her lessons, uh, singing lessons, because she has a beautiful voice. And he is teaching her Italian because he wants to take her to Rome and bring her out. Um, uh, and he wants her to sound like a true Italian. She comes in and she's super jealous that Valeria is there in the major study and allowed to go through everything. And because the major had to step out of the house for a few moments and then he came back. And she comes to find out that she's she finds out that Valeria's looking for something and she's like oh are you looking for a book and she's like well maybe this is the book and she pulls out a book that is the trial and so she hands it she's like this is really good you should read this and it, it's about you know this trial and everything and then the name Hustis or Eustace comes up and she's like, uh, McCullen. And she's like, what? Excuse me? So she opens the book, reads the, the title of it and finds out that it's a murder trial and basically faints dead way. And the major warned her that this might happen. So it's not surprising that she fainted. Like everyone kind of assumed she would. And then of course the soprano was like all upset that she had fainted and she had caused it and everything. And she begged Valeria to let them know that she didn't do anything wrong, that she actually didn't harm her or anything because she was worried she would, you know, lose out on this great ride. And of course, when Valeria came to, they had had a doctor there to talk to her. Um, Eustace was there. He, as soon as he realized she was awake, he left the room. He tried to leave, but the doctor wouldn't let him. She was begging for him over and over again. Um, her father's assistant, uh, who she knew all of her life, who's kind of like a surrogate father, was there. Um, and then, uh, of course, the major. And they kind of convinced Eustace to stay. And he goes out into a, like a secluded little garden smoking area. And when she's finally able to wake up enough and to get up and move, she's like, no, he doesn't understand. I, I don't believe he's guilty. And everyone's like, well, read the trial. Read the book. Read what they were said during the trial. Read the trial notes. So she finally gets to, uh, and with the major's help, she finally goes out to the smoking area. She tries to convince Eustace that... She loves him and she believes him, but he doesn't believe her. So he leaves. Yeah, she goes to lay back down because she's still very faint. And he keeps telling her, read the trial notes, read the trial notes. So, and then he finally is it, it sneaks out and leaves. He goes to his attorneys, sets it up to where she can contact them to end their marriage and everything. And then he runs away. And come to find out, he goes to Spain to fight with the Spaniards in their war. Valeria is like, no, I believe my husband. I want my husband back. So eventually she does sit down. She reads the trial notes. She doesn't believe that he is guilty after reading everything. And she's set to de and determined to prove his innocence. So she goes through everything, this convoluted uh, tale of going to speak to friends and going from England to Scotland and then all over the place come to find out that his first wife Sarah 
was in love with him. And she turned down the this gentleman who was paralyzed. Well, not paralyzed, but he was born without legs. So And he's not really all there in the mind. Um, Dexter is his last name. His first name is Misremus, which means miserable. Dexter. And she turned him down. Turned down his uh, marriage proposal. And then she went to Eustace's um, house. And because she went there alone and basically... Um, you know, there's the question of virtue and everything. Eustace stepped up, did the right thing, and married her, even though he didn't love her. He loved somebody else. He was his cousin. And back then, it was a normal thing. Don't worry about that. Anyway, Dexter shows Sarah that Eustace's diary that states that he's in love with this cousin, who is now a widow, she became a widow after he had married Sarah. So, if both of them had just waited a little bit longer, they could have been together, but oh well. Come to find out, Sarah decides that um, it's just too devastating. She can't take it. So, she commits suicide with the arsenic and leaves a suicide note clearing Eustace. However, Dexter finds it and hides it. He does help with the trial. He does try to set him right. After he has proven um, no verdict, um, then Dexter tears up the note and hides it. And then, finally, he admits to it before he ends up going into an insane asylum at, towards the end of the book. And Valeria finds the notes, they, uh, the letter, they piece it back together, they read it, they clear his name, he comes back. She does convince Eustace not to read the note, because it would be devastating for him. And then they, um, they end up back together. He does get injured, so, um, during the fighting with the war, but... They do end up together and have a son together. So, all in all, it does turn out really well. It's just that, unfortunately, Valeria has to go through all this at the beginning of her marriage. And um, they don't get to have their marriage together, start off on the right foot. Personally, Dexter does, I believe Dexter has some mental illness he was treated really badly by his family especially his father growing up um his cousin ariel who assists him she has a mental illness as well it's like she's robotic she just shuts down all the time and then um the only time her there's any light in her eyes or any uh, personality that really comes out is when Dexter talks to her and it seems to come out and she lights up it's honestly I think he's the only one that she trusted growing up I think she was abused as well and then now um, when Dexter went into the sane asylum to get help and treatment or when he was put in there um, uh, Ariel goes in with him because um, she refuses to leave him. 
be, basically he's her master you know back then it, everything was master servants and things like that and she refuses to leave him so thankfully she'll be able to get treatment as well in an asylum victorian england is when they realize that people with mental illnesses needed treatment and care not to be hidden away in prisons or put into workhouses and worked to death and hidden away from society. So they were started as a way to help the mentally impaired. Now, I personally think Eustace has uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, over the whole murder and everything and fighting in war. So, you know, he's he, and he's a very weak-willed, weak-minded in a lot of ways person. So... I think that's going to be something that comes up later in their their marriage, but only Collins would know for sure, uh, being the author. However, this was a review of The Law in the Lady by Wilkie Collins. It is a good book. Um, I believe it is free on Amazon Kindle since it was written in the 1800s. It's probably available on Project Gutenberg. I'm not sure. You'd have to go look it up. But it, even still, if I had to pay for it, it was less than $3. It, it was not expensive to get the digital copy. The physical copy probably was, is definitely more than that. But the digital is definitely worth it. It's worth reading. It is something that is from the 19th century. It is not a romance like Jane Austen is. So it definitely gives you a different look at it without being long, drawn out, boring stuff from like legal documents and all, all that political stuff that you get a lot during the Victorian era. So, honestly, out of 10, I would rate this a 7. Uh, so, definitely worth reading, especially if you like the Victorian era. And hopefully, you guys will like this review. Comment, subscribe. Remember, I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, as well as on Spotify and a few other places where you get your podcasts. Don't forget about my Patreon. Uh, it's Liliana's Romance Library. Again, I'm Liliana. Have a good day.